You're listening to Casual Talk Radio, where common sense is still the norm. Whether you're a new or a longtime listener, we appreciate you joining us today. Visit us at casualtalkradio.net. And now, here's your host, Leister. Back on the weekend, we are here at casualtalkradio.net. My name is Leister. I'm your host. Welcome or welcome back, depending on what the situation is. I have two separate primary topics to discuss and then a couple of secondary, but two primary topics, no personal updates. We're going to jump right in right at the top. There was a passing that really hit me as an actor. This was, it hit me because this is one that, you know, when Bob Ross passed away, Bob Ross, of course, is the one that would paint happy little trees and he has a channel still out there from his uh, foundation. He was smart enough to build, a brand around what he was doing. He had the wherewithal to realize that there was something around what he was doing. He built a brand and he has a YouTube channel. It plays some of his stuff on the weekends. And then there's people that carry on the vision and they'll do painting. And it's just good to watch and listen along. And not only from a watching and learning, but just to relax, you know, played in the background. That was the childhood. You know, we would watch, at least I would (laughs) watch it when it would come on in the later even though it wasn't like a kid's show, it didn't need to be. It was just really good, I thought, television. There's nothing like it. There's nothing on the show today. And I have breezed through today's TV, and it's all garbage. I can't stand any of it. It's completely different from what it used to be. And Bob Ross has stood out in a crowd. Even back then, there was nothing like it. And now, there's nothing like it. And there were studies done where they believe people nowadays, largely driven by social media and mobile devices, have a form of, of attention deficit. You know, they're, it's hard to keep their attention for very long, and they're bored easy. They move on to the next shiny. The Pokemon Go game, that, that was, it was a thing for a while. You had people walking around outside looking like zombies, catching these things, and then it was not a thing after that. <laughs> Super Mario Run was a thing for a minute, and then nobody was doing it. The helicopter game was a thing, and then nobody cared. And on and on and on, we saw these trends and fads, and they come and they go, and that's cyclical. It happens, but it seems like it worse now. It seems like it's hard to keep people's attention, especially with the way programming's going. Remember, we went through an era where movies were actually, they would catch you, and they had a story, and they were compelling, and compelling characters like a Scarface, and, you know, Goodfellas, and The Godfather, and you know, I'll even go to something like the wedding singer. Like, you, you know, there was just, there was not this rush like we have now where everything has to have explosions or action packed this or the rock jumping off something. It was, it was a different time. And then now we have all these remakes that are woke or garbage. You know, I was just seeing about this uh, remake that they were doing for, what was that freaking show? Night Court. Night Court was a, a show from my childhood and there was apparently a remake that they, Brought it back. It's pretty much all new people. I mean, they've still got John Larroquette. He made a, he's back as reprising his role of obviously he's way older now, but it was like, why, why remake this show? Why can't you leave it alone? Why can't you just let it be? It's not that I don't want to see John Larroquette again. It's that I don't want to see that the, the legacy of the show is tarnished. Turns out Richard Mole, who played Bull, the, uh, the security guy on the original one, the bailiff, he just passed away today. And that one hit me because, again, the original Night Court, the good Night Court, that was one of my shows. That was that was a quality show. Nothing like it on modern TV. 
it was one of those ones that stood out in the crowd. It's one of those ones you remember for the longest time, and he was one of the ones that stood out. And I had forgotten he also had played. He was on Mork and Mindy. That was another of the childhood shows. He played the voice of Two Face on the Batman animated. I I had forgotten all this, and so the reason I'm talking this is we number one we just recently lost him, but it got me thinking about all the different TV shows that that we used to have where now the TV is nowhere close to what it is. And it's hard. You, you know, they're dropping the bucket actors these days, unless it's one of the quality ones that, you know, the ones that grew up actually in the business, not ones that just happen to be cute and they found them on the street or something and throw them in a, in a movie, or they just happen to have friends in high places. We also lost Matthew Perry. I didn't know as much about Matthew Perry, but his passing was really eerie. He died in the uh, hot tub. Uh, and this, that seems like a pattern too. Uh, Whitney Houston, she died in the tub. Uh, her daughter uh, died in the tub. And, and other actors who died in the tub. And the uh, toxicology wasn't done as I record this, but you see that pattern as well. All of these actors passing away in the tub. And you wonder, geez, what, what is it about that? So yeah, we lost a couple of them, a couple of the good ones unfortunately. And so I wanted to get that out of the way that definitely Richard Mole was a child. That was a childhood hit. That was one where it's like, I remember him clearly. He was, he was, and he was actually, he was 80 years old and I was shocked at that, but he was one that I clearly remember that entertained a generation of us. Uh, so yeah. Anyhow, let me get into the other topic that I did not plan on talking about, but it came up today. Uh, Joe Biden recently signed an executive order around artificial intelligence. And people were asking questions of the various spokespeople around the, the intent and what's the guide, what are you trying to do here? And I'm going to dumb down what they said and then share my thoughts as somebody who works in technology. First of all, as I observe artificial intelligence, just to be clear, there's, there's layers to artificial intelligence. There's the rudimentary artificial intelligence, the bare basic limited artificial intelligence. If you go by a generic definition of artificial intelligence as it's the ability for technology to make decisions to do something, if you go at that generic level, it basically means we've had artificial intelligence for quite a while. It just did not take the form of the current type of artificial, which is the next level up I've discussed. And that is where it's able to make contextual decisions. So if you have a timer in the old days, we would have our sprinkler system on a, just an old click timer type of deal. Or the clapper. These are forms of automation. These are forms of technology that automate tasks, but they don't think for themselves. You set something, it requires a human to set something, and it knows how to repeat that, or it knows how to respond to certain actions, to certain sounds, to certain movements. These have been there for decades now. The current form of artificial intelligence that we think of is things like your robot vacuum where you happen to know that it's going to vacuum the floor at a certain given time and it knows to follow a certain pattern. But that form of artificial intelligence even is rudimentary because it's still following programmed instructions, pre-programmed things. And sensors are guiding some of the programming. You have a sensor like your car. If you have a modern car, there are sensors that tell you, in most modern ones, it'll tell you when you're about to run into the back of another car that's ahead of you, for example or a sensor that will tell you when the light's about to change, or a sensor when it's about to start raining, or a sensor when your, you know, your brakes are having an issue or your tire is flat. There's sensors all throughout the car, but these are still triggered and somebody had to program this. 
Imagine a world, and this is the final level that I describe and largely the target of the Biden administration's executive order. Imagine a world where something, and I put something in quotes, something is smart enough to actually be able to build or be able to write or be able to deliver or be able to do something that a human must do today. So you, th- and they know contextually how to make diverse decisions about what to do, when, and why. Here's an oversimplified example that I can think of. Amazon was toying with the idea of using drones to deliver packages to homes. That didn't really work out all that well. The reason it didn't work out all that well is because there's humans in the way, and humans tend to vandalize things at their whim. Now imagine if you had something, and I put something in quotes, that was smart enough to know how to avoid such vandalism. Imagine if you had something that knew how to pick an alternate route because route A is destroyed, a bridge that's down, let's say, or a flooding that happened. The smarts of being able to decide what you need to do to avoid something, to prevent something, to take a different route, and the knowledge and the decisions and everything it takes to do this is a form of artificial intelligence. You've probably heard about the chatter around ChatGPT, which I cannot stand. ChatGPT has a form of artificial intelligence in the sense that it can take context from what you give it and it can respond with context. The knowledge that ChatGPT has is gleaned from all over the web, but it can put context around the questions that you ask. I did a service the other day where I was trying to get service on something and it knew here's what you're trying to do. Here's the problem you're trying to solve and here's the likely reason why you can't do it. It was able to take context from a basic complaint and turn it into a suggestion. It turned out the suggestion was wrong because the data that they referenced was not on the site. This is the flaw of artificial intelligence as it currently stands today, is it can only go off of information that either a human gives it or is readily available. The Biden administration's executive order is trying to get ahead of the future state of what artificial intelligence might end up doing. And it calls out things like bias. You may not know this, but there's bias baked into artificial intelligence because there's a human attached to it. For example, you might have used a service at some point in time that required you to use your phone and either show a selfie of yourself or take a picture of yourself and then it scans you to try to verify who you are and validate what's going on. That technology is based on routine sensors that we already know about in camera technology that have been there for decades. That sensor technology is still limited by the one thing that doesn't really work very well, and that's light and bias lighting. So bias lighting is the idea, and this all ties back to Biden, trust me. Bias lighting is the idea that light source is either behind you or it's in front of you, and the bias is against you if the light is behind you. That's where the concept comes from. So if you're standing and the light source is behind you and you just so happen to be of a color that is not fair-skinned, light, pale, for example, you're going to appear darker, the sensor cannot pick you up. And the reason it can't pick you up is because light ultimately has to reflect. And if you remember Roy G. Biv, as in our color spectrum, you know that white reflects, black absorbs. You know that. So the darker the color, less gets reflected back. This is what then causes your sight, which is why you can't see when it's pitch black because sight, and this is the truth of sensor technology as it currently stands, depends on light reflecting off of a source. If you're in a darker skin tone, less light is being reflected. When it's a bias, as in it's behind you, it's even worse because of course shadowing makes it even worse 
above and beyond this effect. So that's technology that's been programmed to assume a reflection source is biasing against you because it's not taken into consideration the fact that light reflection is an imperfect source tool. Where am I going with that? Many of the services that you're required to do today, like the IRS and many others that are government-based, have leapt to a service called ID.me. ID.me uses that very same discriminatory source. And they will happily use it and not give you any sort of out, as in you're required to use it in order to get access to the basic goods and services that previously was readily accessible to you. They'll force you to it. They're not required today to provide a manual way around this. What are the implications of them not doing that? Well, it discriminates against those who are disabled. It discriminates against those who are not fair-skinned, light-skinned folks. But more importantly, here's where it goes. Somebody had to program those tools, and you can't know what's in that person's mind. You can't know if they just happen to be a racist. You don't know. You can't assume that they are, but you can't prove that they're not. And more importantly, if the tool is blocking you from getting access to a critical service, it doesn't matter in any case, which is why there always should be a fallback that is manual where a human must make a decision because you should not blindly trust technology of any form, as I've always said. So the executive order is pretty adamant in the fact that bias is a strong motivator in why they wanted to do this, is to make sure any sort of artificial intelligence does not have bias baked in it. It doesn't clarify how it plans to do this. It just clarifies that it wants to make sure that's done. Well, it's subjective. As I said, you can't prove it. But if they're going to do something to try to quantify it and provide an outlet for people who believe they have been discriminated against to actually lodge a complaint and hopefully get to the point where there's always a fallback, as in, this is an opt-in technology. If it doesn't pass, you have to have a human look at it and override the technology I have no problem with this, as I even said to Elon Musk. There's nothing wrong with artificial intelligence as long as it's not the sole decider. The executive order goes very clear, saying it does not want artificial intelligence to be the only decider in these things. I paraphrase. The other thing that it called out, which I thought was interesting, and this was clarified by one of the spokespeople, is the idea that it doesn't want artificial intelligence positioned as a replacement for people getting jobs. It wants it to support more people getting jobs. Here's the flaw of that. That means you're biased towards what? STEM degrees. We shouldn't bias towards STEM degrees. It is true that artificial intelligence can do certain low-level routine tasks. We see that now. We see that with burger machines and all these things, but that's not the goal because those low-level jobs that are lesser value to businesses are how your graduates out of high school get their first job. That work ethic is critical for them to actually move up. Tossing them into a STEM degree program straight into college, straight out of high school, does not instill them with the work ethic, the blue-collar work ethic that's critical for you to succeed in those STEM careers. So what happens? Somebody like an Amazon will go and gladly hire those recent college graduates thinking that they're going to be the best of the best, and maybe they are, but then they move on to the next shiny. So they'll pay them $150,000 fresh out of college knowing they have no work ethic, they show up late, they don't attend meetings, they can't public speak, they don't know how to do PowerPoint, and they complain about having to respond to emails, and they don't want to get on the phone and talk stuff out. And then they eventually get, quote, laid off. We know what that means. And then they get passed around by all the big tech companies. That doesn't serve the interest of the United States, nor any other country out there. 
But the failure is that we adamantly do not want low-level jobs. We don't want the blue collar. We've done everything to go against the blue collar. And artificial intelligence contributed to some of that. And because the government works at slow and they focused in the wrong direction, as in attacking your pocket, instead of actually getting in front of it and regulating it, long before they just roll it the hell out, we now are in the situation where they're having to play catch-up. And what's the catch-up going to mean? It's going to mean they're going to get pushback. Ted Cruz already came out and said it's, it's stymieing progress. It's not what we should be doing. I actually think it's a good thing. I don't like that it's executive order. I think that it should be Congress that's getting in front of it and saying we need to get some laws on this one. Congress is too big. They can't even decide. I mean, the Republicans can't even decide who's going to be their spokesperson. So we already know that half the House is all jacked up. The other half only cares about taking money out of your pocket, blocking cryptocurrency. The priorities are jacked up. Because they're not serving you, they're serving their own interests. So now you got conflicts going on, and it's not going to get resolved in the short term. All I'm saying with this whole executive order, I like the concept. I don't like that it's not Congress. I do think that certain reins need to be put on artificial intelligence before it gets out of hand. I do think that businesses should not be allowed to discriminate against anybody who doesn't want to use the service or who cannot do. I do believe that there needs to be the human element, and I do think that we need to encourage some of this that I describe in terms of the soft skills in the workplace, that starts with the blue collar and having the right boss kind of push it forward. The other thing I'll talk about, and I don't know if you heard about this, and those who have families will definitely want to hear about this one, Snow Woke, a.k.a. the recently announced Snow White remake that was supposed to be coming out, quote-unquote, I put that in quotes laughingly so, apparently is delayed. It was supposed to come out March of 2024. is now delayed to 2025. The reason it's delayed is because of all the pushback that they're getting over their extreme change of direction that made no sense, changing dwarves and hiring normal-sized people to play dwarves of all diverse things and calling them diverse whatevers, not calling them dwarves because they didn't like it. And apparently this was initiated by one of the little people who was on the cast. And apparently this person, and listen, I know what the motivation was. This person just wanted that bag for themselves instead of helping out their fellow people see that's the problem in the society is that they're not even helping their fellow people. Like you, you can't imagine like if you got somebody who's African-American, they don't want to help out other African-Americans get a role in a movie when they, you could, and you don't want to do that. That's what happened here. This little person did not want to say, no, we need to get others of my kind to come in and play this role because they're dwarves. That's what's the story. And for those that don't know, Snow White comes from medieval Europe. It's not a U.S. thing. So why are you butchering it away from its original intent? which is to ultimately tell a feel-good story that's a kid's story that you can celebrate instead of pushing this woke agenda. Well, the actor, Rachel Ziegler, I believe her name, she was coming out talking about, hey, she's falling in love and he's a stalker. Doop, doop, doop. Like, you're missing the point here, bro. You're totally missing the point. And it's clear she never had a dude kiss her, and I understand that. But the, let the story be the story, and if you don't like the story, you shouldn't be the actor. It's kind of the thing. Well, Disney gets this pushback, constant pushback, calling it Snow Woke Online, which I love that name. But apparently they're going to change it. Now, here's the irony. Apparently, they're going to change it to CGI Dwarves. So that's even worse if you think about it. So rather than just give these little people jobs that are active, available, ready, and well-conditioned for the role in question, rather than that, you'd rather go with full CGI. So it's like you're cutting off your nose to spite your face. You can't be arsed to just do the right thing and get the right people in there. And more importantly, Get rid of the girl that you have playing Snow White because, by the way, she's not Snow White. Her skin's not white as snow. It damn sure isn't. 
And it doesn't make sense to have her cast in it because she has a self-hatred. Like you're, you're casting a character who has a self-hatred of the character role. That's not method acting. That's not what it should be. Could you imagine if Leon, who's the actor who played David Ruffin on The Temptations, said, you know, I'm going to go out here, but I, I don't like this because this guy kind of cusses, you know, and he, he yells and screams, and I don't really like that, and this ain't what we need to be doing here off these 10. Like you're not supposed to cast a person who hates who it is. Jamie Foxx would never trash Ray Charles. Jamie Foxx would never trash what Ray Charles was doing. That was a very violent thing. Lawrence Fishburne, I'm sure he didn't feel good about beating up on Angela Bassett, but, you know, and what's love got to do with it? But the point is, you're telling a story, you're an actor, that's what you're supposed to do, and I love what Denzel said, Denzel Washington, who said, look, acting's not hard. It's a, it's a blessing, it's a gift, it's what we should be thankful that we got, but, but it's not hard. War is hard. Let's not let's stop complaining about all this stuff. So she, they need to get her out of there, number one. And then number two, why are you casting CGI instead of real people and just give the right people the role and do the right thing? It, all you're going to do, all you're going to do is turn more people away from you because you're blatantly showing. You just refuse to just give in to what everybody's telling you, which is do the dang story the way the story was written. And if you don't want to do that, then don't do the movie, as in don't do it at all. If you're not going to do it right, don't do it at all. Let somebody else do it correctly, it's a Disney property. So it's kind of stuck under there. And Walt Disney would be rolling in his grave. He heard what's going on with this business. So I was watching that and seeing that they backed off of it. And I can only hope that they back away from the whole CGI. It's the wrong answer. It harkens back to what happened with Sonic. See, Sonic ended up being a CGI after they started with some idiot in a suit and it looked like garbage. And then they eventually was CGI and it turned into a good movie. But you shouldn't have to bully them to do the right thing. And in that case, they just figured, okay, we want to, they even said, we want to appeal to real people and we don't know they'll appeal to the CGI, which makes no dang sense. You have Transformers and all sorts of other stuff that's CGI and people are perfectly fine with it. So if any of those people from these movies is listening, I doubt they are, but if they are, let's, let's be real. You know what you're doing. You're doing it to be spiteful. You don't like it, your petulant children sitting off in the corner that refuse to just do the right thing because you got caught out, as I describe it, with your pants down and vaseline off the side by the public who's attacking you because you're butchering a children's story. And by the way, anytime I see this kind of stuff happen where they're clearly butchering a children's movie of some kind or some classic something, I make sure I buy the, the, the Blu-ray of it so I have it in a collection with no intention to really watch it. The point is I have to keep a copy of it because... As you see, they're rushing to try to get rid of physical media because they want to only release the butchered, edited variation of it, and then they'll go after you if you try to download the clean one. So I do the physical, and this is the reason why. This is why physical is king, because they can't edit it after the fact. So I have all sorts of videos that I've collected over years to make sure it will never be lost, it'll never be destroyed. At some point, certainly they'll get rid of all the physical movie players that's why I stack extra copies of those. I can collect those. No matter what, I'm not going to lose the original integrity of some of these classics. And I can only hope that they don't touch something like The Outsiders or Stand and Deliver or 187 or some of these other great movies of the past that they are controversial. They do have controversial themes. That's the point. You're telling a story. And instead of trying to rush away from it, instead we're just trying to butcher it and edit it. I don't accept that. So the only other piece I've got here for thinking about and considering is this whole situation going on with Britney Spears. 
I have not covered it in depth and I've not looked into it in depth and I don't care to at this point. I just had a couple of things to say. Obviously, when I, you know, she came out when I was growing up and it was clear, it was clear with her first CD how sexualized the woman with the girl was at the time. It was obvious, blatant clear, but that was a symptom of the times. Like pretty much every female that was coming up and out was being in some way sexualized, whether it was, whether it was TLC, Christina Aguilera, Britney Spears, like all of them, all of them were being sexualized to some degree. Why? Because those record companies know sex sells. Maya, who's another singer came out and she recently even talked about, yeah, I got a whole bunch of record people trying to come after. And I was like, no, I'm cool because that's just the reality of the business is they would take these younger impressionable women and they were very heavily sexualized. You remember what was happening with freaking Aaliyah songs, age ain't nothing but a number, you know, rock the boat. You know what that means. Come on. And so the, what I see now is really a, a response of somebody who was, who was heavily in it. She was heavily in Britney. She was heavily in it and it just came to a head and this whole conservatorship and everything else, it might've actually been to her detriment to have been released from the conservatorship because at least with the conservatorship, she wasn't doing the crazy stuff of waving knives and all this other stuff going on. And then people coming out saying, yeah, I, I couldn't stay with her. It's just not going to happen. And then Madonna, same thing. I think that she was, geez. Now with Madonna, at least she was in somewhat control and she was actively, you know, she's admitted, you know, sex, yes, I'm cool. And she was actively doing it. I think it's the same symptom though. It's like, well, it hits a head. You know, at some point you kind of have to, let some of that go, especially when you grow up. And I think some of them just couldn't do it or didn't want to for fear of losing their career, losing their fans or losing their fame. You take freaking uh, Katy Perry. Now Katy Perry now is she's got her moments, but she's nowhere near as sexualized now as she was when she first launched. Everybody remembers that stuff with cupcakes on her breasts and all this nonsense. Ariana Grande, when she first launched, she has a little bit of it now, but she's kind of gotten away from it, but geez, you taught Lolly. So I'm, my point is, with Britney, I feel that it just hit ahead. And the concern I've got, I think rightfully, the concern I've got is many of these female celebrities in particular, where there was kind of that sexualized aspect to them, might end up like an Amy Winehouse situation. You don't want to see that happen to many of these. And I don't know what the answer is, because many of the people that would have been her allies, and I refer to Britney, many of the people that would have been her, her allies either are no longer her allies or they're dead. Let's be honest, because Michael Jackson was probably the closest I can think of. And then Janet, Janet's there, but for whatever reason, they don't, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what they're, but Janet went to her period too. So maybe Janet is just maintaining the distance to keep her family on deck because she went through that phase of set over-sexualized. So maybe that's what it is. I don't know. You know, Prince is gone. Uh, Justin doesn't have anything to do with her. So I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. And I'm not presenting an answer. I'm saying that it's unfortunate to see it and hopefully she gets the help she needs because you don't want to see that happen. And you certainly don't want to see more of these, you know, childhood memory people pass away. Certainly not untimely like a Matthew Perry. 